0: We were just talking. That was arguably one of the most stressful and unnerving football games I think either of us have ever watched. But in the end, all that matters is who comes out on top.
1: Listen, a win's a win. Listen, we've talked about this before. In the NFL, a win's a win.
0: A win is a a win win is a win. Points are
1: points points are points.
0: I just want you to listen to one thing to get you get you get you a little bit ready for 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 what we're going to talk about here today.
1: It might get copyrighted.
0: If it's copyrighted, who cares? I don't think enough people listen to this anyways, but we're back. I'm Jack. My co-host is Alec. Wow. Where do you want to start? Where do you want to start?
1: here hold on let's start with this prayers out to teddy bridgewater very yeah, scary that was scary. Very that was scary that was really scary and, and and it seems like um i i want to start off with this because i was thinking about this whole game i i was waiting the whole game the whole game to be let down and i don't like that feeling i i hate that feeling um now what did make me nervous though drew Locke played really well until the last throw on third and 11 he missed that throw it was big that that basically won the Bengals the game, basically when he missed that third and 11 with on the second to last drive um yeah what do you think
0: I don't have any corroboration for this I'm, I'm sorry if I keep looking away I'm watching the Sunday night game which by the way Tampa Bay frauds um I don't have any corroboration for this but and I like to talk to myself I'm kind of weird but I was watching the game and Teddy goes down and my first instinct obviously was like, hope Teddy's okay. All that stuff. My first instinct after I got those thoughts out was Drew Locke's going to beat the Bengals, isn't it? Yep.
1: Drew, Drew Locke. <laughs> it, it, it would be so Bengals
0: to it shut down Teddy Bridgewater all day ever.
1: Yeah. It would be the most Bengals thing. Well, let's just start with the first thing. Let's just start with, let's start at the beginning of the game. If, the Bengals continue to start off this slow. They're not going to be able to win enough football games to win this division. They got three games left. They're starting off – they started off really, really, really slow today.
0: I don't disagree with that, but at the same time, I think we have to look at what happened on that first drive. So the first play of the game, I think it was a great play. Five yards, T. Higgins, very good play. The second play of the game was just a missed throw by Burrow to Chase over the middle, Um, and then the third play of the game was just a great defensive play by Denver. I will say we can nitpick a little bit, um, but Zach Taylor was very good today, knowing what he had to do and what he was working with, given the state of the right side of the offensive line.
1: I agree that the right side of the offensive line is a problem. It absolutely is a problem specifically today. Um, now, Denver's front, Bradley Chubb was getting a little pressure. Bengals really didn't do that bad of a job in pass pro today, I didn't yeah. think. I think the real problem with the right side of the line is in the run game. They can't run block to save their damn lives.
0: Well, they okay. had – there was a couple of plays where the uh, – and once Carmen came in, Carmen is – I think we figured out that Jackson Carmen, he can block the run pretty well. He cannot – he, well, he can block when he has to go straight ahead or to his right. If he has to pull, it's over. It is over yeah. if he the has to Jackson pull. Is.
1: So I would say the the ceiling, so when Jackson Carman plays his best, it is way better than Akeem energy at right guard. Way better. But his his floor and, and, and his lows and his valleys are so much lower than Akeem energies or, say, like a Sue of Philo.
0: just agree. so much lower. I agree. I agree. And, so, and and so overall, I think the right side held up well. They had a couple of nice uh, plays that they blocked up. The one thing I want to talk about with Zach Taylor and the one play where I said to myself, once again, because I'm all alone here watching the game by myself. I said to myself right after they hit that touchdown to Boyd, remember that play at the beginning of the game where they had the naked boot and Justin yeah. Simmons just eviscerate. Okay. Yeah. So... This play was the same exact play, except they had the tight end, I think it was Uzama on the touchdown. Yes. They had oh they had him cut the free runner and Tyler Boyd's just flying wide Naked. open.
1: Naked. Yep. It really was
0: wide open. it was the great, it was a great, great play call from Zach Taylor from the standpoint of I'm gonna call this play in the, I think it was the second quarter. He called that play. Yep. And if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. But I'm going to come back to this later in the game, and they're going to send that free runner screaming right at Burrow, and I'm just going to leak Tyler Boyd out on the backside against the cover three. It was masterful. Yeah,
1: yeah it, was, it was masterful. Now, I kind of want to get into their secondary. Their secondary played really well today, I think. We learned that, you know, we, in, our, in our preview show, we were talking about how their front seven isn't crazy. Um, but they're good enough to stop the run. I mean, they're good veterans. They have good veterans. They have, you know, the Mike Purcell or, or Shelby Harris, you know, up front that are, you know, 8, 9, 10. If you're playing the NFL for eight years, you can stop the run. I don't exactly. care who you are. Um, and especially against an O-line like the Bengals right now. But their DBs played really, really well today. Um, and, you know, T. Higgins, T. Higgins didn't have a big game like he's had the last three games. His streak of 100 yards got snapped. Jamar Chase didn't have a catch to the third quarter. Tyler Boyd had a very, very good game today. He came up big. And I'm sick and tired of his name not being mentioned in some in, 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 as a top five slot in the NFL. I'm done. I, th- I think it's over. I, he if they're playing man coverage and Joe Burrow has time and he's against their third corner, it's it's over. I, he's gonna get
0: open. And so for that reason is why I found today. Despite the fact the Bengals got held to 15 points and 249 total yards, which in any other game would normally just be a paltry stat line, I look at this game and I see, okay, this is the best defense. They said this multiple times during the broadcast. Charles Davis is and Ian Eagle are just terrible, by the way, but that's a conversation for another man. Multiple times during the broadcast, they both talked about how the Denver defense and the Bengals were saying all week, and they were, that this is the best defense that they've faced all season. And that's 100% correct, in my opinion. And then you look at the defenses, not only of the next three teams that the Bengals play, Baltimore, Kansas City, Cleveland, but potential playoff teams, this is probably the best defense they play unless they make somehow make the Super Bowl. Maybe the Patriots, but it's probably this Denver team just because yeah, of the, the talent. Only,
1: yeah. yeah, the and only the defense, defense that could probably match this this Denver defense would probably be the Patriots or the Bucks. I would say like the playoff Bucks would probably match this, but exactly. Um,
0: and so I'm so encouraged by what I saw today because yes, the Bengals were very limited in what they can do, and part of that was because I think they knew. Um, that Denver and Vic Fangio being who he is was going to have a great game plan. So they just said, we're going to be a little conservative with it, but if it was not for, I'm going to call an iffy holding call on Quentin Spain when they were backed up and, and Burrow rolled out and hit that long ball to chase. Chase. I think this stat line and this game looks a lot different. If we don't get an iffy holding call there that they were not calling at all against Denver for the first three quarters.
1: No, I I agree with that. Now, I think the game would have been a little different but I think the main thing that I'm really excited about this game the defense held up for all four quarters all four quarters they played really 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 well um and I also I think before halftime that missed uh field goal by um Brandon McManus for the Broncos was huge I think that's a it was a huge momentum shift um and I also I so I wanted to bring this up too what is your take on the, the, the Kareem um, fumble recovery? Do you think he was down? Do you think he was pushed? Um, why in the hell did he get back up uh, and try to freaking look like Tyreek Hill, trying to go run for a touchdown, get down? Um, what's your opinion on that?
0: Well, th- that's a great conversation I want to have, too, because not only I- – I'll answer that question in a second. Yep. Our defensive line was astounding today.
1: Absolutely.
0: astounding.
1: Hendrickson extended the streak,
0: too. Hendrickson extended the streak. We had, Bengals had five tackles for loss today. Uh, Khalid Kareem had one, Hendrickson, Ogunjobi, and DJ Reader. DJ Reader, several times today, was just eviscerating the center of that Denver offensive line.
1: DJ Reader was throwing grown men around, making them look like he's throwing me around. Yeah. Uh, He was throwing 300-pound men around.
0: And I think I saw from NFL next gen that both Hendrickson and Hubbard had five or six pressures today, which is just unbelievable. Garrett Bullis could not block Trey Henderson.
1: Well, and That's- they had the, they, yeah, it, and we saw that. So Hendrickson was getting you know, he was kept pounding, pounding, pounding all game and it, in his pass rush moves. It really showed on those last two drives. Hendrickson was eating him up those last two drives. He had that he had that holding on the last drive that basically killed their chances to win. Um, and it's kind of, you know, we talked about this before Joseph Asai going down early in the season. We thought he was good. He looked really good in the preseason. Sam Hubbard has come along as a pass rusher, as an edge rusher. Now yeah. we ta- always talk about Trey, they have Trey Henderson. That's it. Sam Hubbard's coming along. He's, I mean, we talked about it last year. He was one of the highest graded PFF guys from the Bengals last year. He was, he was a little dinged up though. Really healthy this year so far, knock on wood. He has emerged as a, pretty good edge rusher. I mean, if you get five or six pressures in a game, Denver's O-line is not bad. I mean, they're they're not good, but they're like at probably league average. I mean, he played really well today. He's, he's been playing really well.
0: Yeah, yeah. It is downright scary to think of what that defensive line could look like next year when you add Osai back into the fold and B.J. Hill, yeah. I forgot to mention his name, was an absolute menace as well today. Um, and um, Josh Chupo. Josh Chupo. Josh Chupo, yeah. I, there are no superlatives um, that I can't use to describe how well that Bengals defensive line played today and the direct beneficiaries of that were the linebackers Jermaine Pratt one of his best games as a pro today Marcus Bailey one oh probably his best game as a pro today okay. and you have to be so encouraged with that Looking ahead to the fact that it's expected for Logan Wilson to play next week,
1: yeah, and also I was really impressed with Joe Batchy today. Very, very impressed. I thought he moved laterally, laterally, really well. That was kind of my, that was kind of like you know one of the one of the things that I was worried about if he could move laterally. But I mean, if you're a linebacker in the NFL, I mean, you could you're pretty athletic getting the uh, both sides of the field. But but oh, he played really well today. I thought Von Bell played really well today, and now with all and that I knew
0: I was just about to say this I know exactly what yep. you're about to say
1: I'm going to say something first and then I'm going to say exactly what I know you think I'm going to say Eli Apple played well today yep. he had the really nope nope but I have another thing after this oh Eli I know Apple you played, too. Eli Apple played really well today he had that awesome pass breakup um, was that Sutton or was that Tim Patrick? I think it was that, Tim Patrick.
0: That was the play of the game. That was yes. the play okay. of
1: the game. He got, he got toasted. And he, he he knew he got toasted, which, again, a quarterback's to get toasted in the NFL. Was it Cortland Sutton or Tim Patrick? doesn't matter. Was, They're both really Sutton good. He down team. the
0: right sideline early yeah. in the game.
1: He, he basically blind punched, perfect timed um, that in the end zone, um, prevented them from scoring a touchdown. They kicked a field goal. But um, really, really good play. Now, Trey <laughs> Wayne's. I'm. I, I'm. Listen, listen. He's going to get cut in the offseason. We know this, but we got we got to deal with him for the rest of the season. Really good in run support today. He can tackle.
0: Okay. No. 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 He was okay in run support today. That missed listen, tackle he had on I know listen, Williams, I know. I know.
1: I know. But I know. I don't expect him to. He came in a couple times from the quarterback position and tackled Melvin Gordon or Devontae Williams. Yes. Like yes. Three go. Now, in coverage, he looked like me out there trying to guard an NFL receiver. He is downright putrid. He is so bad. Drew Locke, Drew Locke threw up a balloon. He threw up a, a hot air balloon, and he he couldn't even get it. It was the most unbelievable. It was one of the worst cornerback plays I've ever seen in my life.
0: It truly was one of the most unathletic things I've ever seen. And,
1: and you know what the funny part is, Trey Waynes might – Arguably one of the most athletic players on the team with pure speed and jumping. And he looked, I mean, it looked like he'd never played football before. I I don't, I don't. So if if, if somebody was watching this, had no idea what football was, you show them that play and you tell them, Hey,
0: he's he's our highest paid paid player.
1: He's the highest paid player on our cap hit this year. That is insanity for all the good things the Bengals have done that that's work that's one of the worst ever
0: yeah he he is definitely gone in the off season and i think the eli apple resurrection tour continues he had a superb superb game today and you know who also had a really good game today in the in on the defense
1: yeah
0: Trey flowers i know it was only a couple oh, yes. of plays yes he had a couple only of very good numbers. plays very encouraged by what we saw out of the defense today. Now I want to go back to your Khalid Kareem point because it's a larger point that I think needs to be made. One, I, I I guess I understand that that's the rule. I don't quite understand the application of the rule of once somebody else gains possession, if you touch them and they fall, then they're down. That makes sense. I don't necessarily think that was the case here because I don't think he had possession when Drew Locke touched him. But the larger point I wanted to make is the referees today were so bad.
1: Okay. We, t- we texted as soon as this happened. Th- uh, was it, who was it? Was it Drew Sample that caught oh my a ball god. It was, it was the was most egregious.
0: It was the most egregious late hit I have ever seen.
1: It, it was basically Bradley Chubb. Drew Sample's already on the ground tackled, just throws his helmet blindly into Drew Sample. They throw the flag. And then they say, hey, never mind. We're going to pick
0: it
1: <laughs> What? what? It, it really, honestly, that didn't make any sense. I've never seen that before in my life. Now, to be fair, we got bailed out with that, with the, with, no, with, with the Khalid Kareem fumble. We got bailed out.
0: I don't know if we got bailed out because that's technically the rule, but there were, there were five times today where I just said to myself, what are these guys doing? The first one was that Drew Sample thing. I have no idea. I understand. I guess I could understand if you didn't throw the flag and then you just said, all right, play on, but somebody threw the flag. And so for Adrian Hill or whatever that guy's name is to go full Helen Keller and tell the guy basically that, uh, no, you didn't see what you thought you saw. That was comedic. The second thing, and these aren't in chronological order. It's just how that I remember them. The Eli Apple pass interference call at the end of the game. Ridiculous. Okay, so I, I can understand if you're going to call defensive holding. Absolutely. Drew Locke hasn't thrown the ball yet, so how is that pass interference? It's
1: a holding. It would be a holding.
0: So it should have been five yards maybe, instead of maybe, 15.
1: Maybe he never really grabbed on.
0: It, it shouldn't have been holding in the first place. But even if you were to call something, the call should have been defensive holding. That's my oh. second gripe. My third gripe is Joe Burrow getting absolutely teed up on the chin when he threw that ball to um, Boyd. And no call there. And fourth, just in general, was the fact that I don't think the referees have ever seen a holding call against the Denver Broncos in the first three quarters of that game.
1: Their holding was – if, if, they, if they had called legit holding penalties, Garrett Bowles probably should have had about four or five against Trey Hendrickson.
0: Trey Hendrickson's jersey went from a large to a quadruple XL with how much Garrett Bowles was holding in today. It was downright ridiculous – and no,
1: I'll yeah, I
0: agree. and then they threw the iffy holding call against Quentin Spain. I, you know, I, I know it's kind of um, uh, not. Uh, I I know it's kind of stupid to sit here after you've won a game and complain about the officiating, but it was so bad today that I I wanted to dedicate this couple of minutes just to saying how terrible it was.
1: And I think we got really lucky. We won this game because if we lost this game, I would be absolutely livid. And it really wouldn't – again, listen, Bengals should have won this game by more. They didn't play very well in offense. They had a game plan. It's against Vic Fangio, great defensive mind. They should have won this game by more because Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater stink. They are so bad. I'm talking – they might not – I'm being serious. They both might not be top 32 quarterbacks in the NFL. They're really bad.
0: Dude, come on.
1: Dude. I'm, I'm, I'd rather have Taysom Hill than both of them.
0: Did, did, I, did you see what the Giants did today?
1: Mike Glennon. Hey, hey, don't talk trash. Jake Fromm is the future. I, I want you to know that. Also, uh, we had this little I, – I sent this in our group chat earlier. The Giants might be the worst team in the NFL over the Jaguars. It's close.
0: It's close. It's, I think it's closer than we care to admit. They are really bad. Really. And you know
1: also bad. Really bad? After watching today, the Broncos are really bad too. Like, as a team, their defense is good. They're not a very good team. And a win's a win. I get it. I don't really care. A win's a win.
0: But a win, it was- a win, is, a win is a win. And what a win does, let's shift this conversation now. What a win does for the Bengals on today is enormous in the car in the driver's
1: seat. They're officially in the driver's seat
0: of the playoffs. They are officially in the driver's seat. So the Bengals are now regardless, regardless of what happens with the Browns tomorrow against the Raiders, the Bengals are going to be in first place headed into next week with the Ravens coming to their house. And I will say this, if the Bengals beat the Ravens next week, I think the Ravens are no longer in the in the mix in the AFC North. I think they're done. So it's a chance, despite the fact that they won today, it's a chance to do what the Bengals did to the Steelers a couple of weeks ago, and it's just knock a team out. Yep, deliver that knockout. And,
1: yeah, and I think you know, I mean, for let's just kind of explain this for everybody listening. Bengals and Ra- or Bengals and Ravens are both eight and six. Yes. Okay. We'll, we'll leave the Browns out of this for right now. Bengals win next week. Bengals are nine and six. Ravens are eight and seven. But the Bengals would have to lose the last two games and the Ravens would have to win the last two with the Rams coming to town um, because the Bengals would hold the tiebreaker because yep. they beat them twice. And yep. even to, to be fair, even if the Bengals lose this, they still have the tiebreaker, am I right? Because they'll have a better division record?
0: Yes. So the Bengals are sitting in a – today's win cannot be understated. And a win next week, which we'll talk about later – uh, cannot be understated because there's a multi multitude of factors going on. The first thing being, if the Bengals, so the Bengals right now, the tiebreakers, they're three and one in the division. Nobody else in the division has less than two losses in the division. That's big. They own somehow the Steelers are still in it. The Bengals own the head-to-head with them, so the Bengals are basically two and a half games up on Pittsburgh. The Bengals does, are –
1: does, Doesn't the tie count as half a win?
0: Yes. So maybe they're – so they're one and a half games up on the Steelers. Yep. They're a half yep. game up. They're a half. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah so they're a half that, game up the on the Steelers. tie messes it
1: up. Yeah, yeah. Half.
0: So they're one and a half games up on the Steelers. Um, the Bengals are 6-3 and three in the AFC, and the rest of their games are in the AFC. So the Bengals are in such a great spot here and looking i know this is a this is kind of a crazy game to play considering they just leapt up into that fourth spot today but the titans have a very 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 tough task on thursday night against the san francisco 49ers should the titans lose and the bengal's win on that next sunday the bengal's would vault tennessee into the third spot in the afc now if the patriots also lose next week and the Bengals win. Then the Bengals vault all the way up to the second seed in the AFC.
1: I mean, here's my thing. We've, we've had this conversation before. All I care about, I don't care, I don't care what position we're in in the playoffs. I would love a home playoff game. I just want to get in. Yep. I think, I, and you know, if we lose a playoff game this year, we're going to be upset. We'll talk to you guys about it. But here's my thing. We're one year ahead of schedule. We had no expectations, and now we're in what we're going into week 16, top of the division, tiebreaker potentially to knock out a team, um, you know, like the Ravens, and the Steelers play uh, the Chiefs next week. So that's big. I think that's really big.
0: This so Browns play the Raiders on Monday, yep. and the Browns are still severely shorthanded. Um, so you know, whether they win or lose doesn't particularly matter. But you look at next weekend, Pittsburgh is going to be heavy underdogs against Kansas City, and the Browns are going to be even heavier underdogs at Green Bay on Christmas. So if the Bengals were were to win next week, and we'll be generous, we'll say the Browns win tomorrow. If the Bengals win next week, they're going to be a game up on everybody in the division and they're going to have a 4 and 1 record in the division which is better than everybody else and so the Bengals will have already clinched the best record in the division and that not is- only that
1: and not only that the Ravens play the Steelers again
0: and the Rams and,
1: and and the Browns play the Steelers so they're so they're going to knock each other out you know what i mean so a win next week for the Bengals it puts them in a really really and even if they lose next weekend they could still get in
0: yes but i i know i sent a text in our group chat this morning that said i have officially traded in my chips and made today a must win i at the risk of so since i won all my chips back on that must win cash, them all on the table. i have decided i'm going to mortgage my education my car um, everything I own okay. is on the table next week because that is a must win game. In my opinion, okay. we're
1: asking right now, just real, really quick. I don't know if the lines have come out yet. Uh, are Bengals favored next week?
0: at home? Minus two and a half.
1: Minus. Okay. That's big. Now, if it stays there, I'll be surprised. It'll obviously demand depend on Lamar. Tyler Huntley's really good.
0: He Tyler Huntley really better good. than Lamar.
1: Right now. Yes. I mean, he's, I, I think Lamar's lost a little confidence. I really... I don't really care who plays. I don't care if it's freaking Tyler or Trace McSorley freaking coming back and playing. I don't care. The Bengals need to win this game. Now, what does scare me though is, um, you know, they're favored. Um, And every time the Bengals gotten hyped this year, they've let everybody down.
0: And they're going to be wearing black jerseys next week.
1: No, they're not. They need to burn those things. They need (laughs) to burn them, never wear them again. They need to wear the orange. Jerseys, black pants, another blowout like they had
0: against the freaking against the Steelers at home. I, I'm not one to believe in superstitions a lot, but the black jerseys need to be burnt. You gotta get off the schneid eventually with them, or else you're gonna go into next season and you're gonna Here's be un, you're gonna be winless in the black jerseys.
1: What time do they play next week? One. One. The the fact that this game is not Sunday night is a crime. First of all, it's a crime.
0: Well, okay. They're never gonna move Dallas off Sunday night. That's the first thing I got to say. I agree.
1: I I didn't know. I didn't
0: know Dallas. The second thing I got to say about that is, I will almost guarantee. I will almost guarantee that, and I'll even more guarantee it if the Browns lose tomorrow. Bengals Chiefs will get flexed to Sunday night uh, in Week 17 at Paul Brown Stadium. It's the Packers right now, which you know I think that game does carry a lot of weight. But that's three straight weeks for the Vikings on primetime, and I don't think anybody wants to see that.
1: I also, I also, I think if the Packers win next week, they automatically clinch the division.
0: Well, the, the so. Packers have already clinched the division.
1: Oh, okay. So then they'll, they'll, they'll definitely be looking to flex that game out, I think. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's be honest. Do you want to watch Kirk Cousins in primetime for the third straight week? I know my eyes don't want to see that. So,
0: Not a whole lot of people's eyes want to see that. Not even Kirk's mom, probably.
1: Well, I mean, Kirk's mom's sitting pretty with that 83 mil guaranteed.
0: You think she's vaxxed?
1: There's not a chance that she's vaxxed. Not a chance. There's not a chance.
0: So we shall see. Moral of the story, today was immense in several ways for the Bengals, especially considering what happened around the AFC today. Um, And right now, the AFC is as wide open as it has ever been. Um, if the Raiders win tomorrow, if the, if the Raiders win tomorrow, we're going to have four teams in the AFC at seven and seven, one team at seven, six and one, and then five teams at eight and six.
1: It's madness.
0: So we're going to have, what's that? Five plus four plus one. That's 10 teams within one game of each other with three weeks.
1: For, For NFL standards, we sleep in March we this is going to be this is going to be a long long 3 weeks of people fighting their tails off to try to get in the playoffs it's going to be you know even if the bengals don't make it i'm not going to be too upset this has been a really exciting year something that i think we needed and we've seen the growth of this team this has been fun like this has been a really fun year and i know it's easy to say that after a win but even the last couple of weeks i love the fact that it's week 15 and I'm still watching Bengal football, not rooting against them for a better draft pick. Cause that's what we've done for the last five years. I've wanted them to lose in December because I want them to get Joe Burrow or I want them to, you know, maybe get Panay Sewell or, or Jamar Chase, or, you know, insert name for the last five years. It's nice to cheer for winning. Yes. It's awesome. It's awesome. Again.
0: And, and the last thing I'll say before I don't have any trivia questions today because we kind of just put this together on the fly. So sorry. Um, maybe today, Oh, today's trivia question can be, what is, um, what's Alex's birthday? Um, that's to the audience. Um,
1: also, I, I, I actually do have a trivia question for you.
0: Well, hold that for a second. Cause I want to say one more thing.
1: Okay.
0: These next three weeks, similar to what you said, these next three weeks for the Bengals, at least for our fans, I would say the pressure is off. Because the Bengals, you you know, I don't want to signal any moral victories, but the Bengals have accomplished what we wanted them to accomplish this year when we talked in the preseason, and that is play meaningful football games in December. And not only are we going to get meaningful football games in December, today's win guarantees we're going to have meaningful football in the month of January in Cincinnati.
1: We haven't had that since 2015.
0: We haven't had that in so long. And – with, with, with the stakes that are coming with the game on Sunday. Sunday's regular season game against Baltimore is probably the biggest game the Bengals have played in insert x number of years because you can argue this is right up there with Monday night against Denver in 15 etc yes. etc. Yes. Et All Absolutely. I have to say is like you said I'm going to echo your sentiment. This has been one of the most fun seasons of Bengals football. Because this team is having fun. This yeah. team is enjoying this ride. And I think that having an attitude on the team like that is is just so much better to watch them. I enjoyed Vontez Perfect, but there is a different fun and there's a different um, joy I get yeah. watching this Bengals team with these players who have all been here through those awful years the last couple of years and watching them now be in this position to to win this division is miraculous
1: I think it's I mean it's it's just amazing um it's just awesome to see um and my trivia question real quick before we get off here what is what is Evan McPherson from 50 yards plus
0: well we forgot to mention him the dude is just absolute money he, he is, might be a top five, six kicker in the NFL. He's top three. I think it's Tucker, Butker, McPherson.
1: No, no. I think Tyler Bass might be a little better. Tyler Bass is really Tyler Bass is really good, dude.
0: I'm taking I'm taking McPherson any day of the week. But yeah. um to answer your question, is did he hit number nine today? I think he did. So I think he's nine of ten. He's nine of ten. That's ridiculous. But he dude, gets,
1: he just needs he's missed, think about this. He's missed more extra points than he has fifty yard field
0: goals. That's it's outrageous. And, and you know what you, there are several games you can look at this year and compare to 2020 and say, look at the value of a kicker. And the Ravens have proved that for 10 years, that the value of a kicker is so great in today's NFL, because today, anytime the Bengals crossed the 50 today, which was like three times, you said to yourself, they can score.
1: Well, I mean, in the Broncos, I know Brandon McManus missed one. It's the same thing with Brendan McManus. He is a great NFL kicker. We got really lucky. He missed one today because he does not usually miss.
0: But, we, did get lucky. Um, we did get lucky.
1: Um, But yeah, I mean, it's just having a great kicker is something we haven't really had um since really Shane Graham. Um, And even then it, I don't think it was like this cause he didn't have like this boot of a leg that Evan McPherson has. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, The long and the short of it is, it is a great evening and if you're listening to this on Monday, it's an even better Monday to be a Bengals fan and and go, and go Raiders. Can I get a go you Raiders? I want to save this till after the Raiders pummel up on the Browns. Then it's an even better day to be a Bengals fan because the Bengals are alone in first place in the AFC North. Yes. Um and all I can say is I have never been happier to be a fan of this team and by God, the fact that the game after Christmas means something, in, it's amazing, and we'll leave it there and we'll be back later this week. Yeah, awesome day to be a Bengals fan! Who day? Who day? Who day?